Good evening, everybody. This is our Tuesday night webinar, and it is the first Tuesday in October. So that's super exciting news. Guys, we only have two months left of the year. Can you believe that? Still find it funny to write 2018 on checks, and it's almost 2019. Um, my phone just dinged that it's letting people know that we are on Facebook Live, and we do have some questions tonight. So we're going to start with questions that people have emailed me. Uh, and posted and that they had the questions. Hi, Terry. Terry's on. Um, we're going to do that. And uh, we've had some phone calls this week. So I wanted to discuss that stuff too, because you know, if some people are having questions, more people are probably having those questions, those same exact questions. So first of all, uh, especially with service dogs, can service dogs, can you have a service dog if you have cats? I had somebody call up and that was their question. Is, is this something they could do because they have cats? Uh, yes, most definitely. You can have a service dog if you have cats. Um, where I don't like to place a service dog, and this is going to sound discriminatory, is with smokers, depending on what it is that the dog's doing. Because if you are doing some sort of medical alert dog, and that dog uses his sniffer, and you are smoking, yeah, that dog is not going to be able to use his sniffer. Um, so for that reason, I'm really hesitant to work with smokers, um, or if there's a smoker in the household, especially for anything medical or wise, um, just because I don't smoke and I think it's kind of gross anyway, I try not to do it that way either. But that is, that is the one you better watch out. You better not cry. Just two more months, guys. That'll be all over. Um, so cats, yes. So cats are allowed. You can totally have cats whenever you have a service dog. Now, how do you introduce your dog to your cats? Um, it's helpful whenever they're young. Uh, you want to make sure that the dog's not allowed to chase the cats. So there's two different types of cats. There's a whacker and a scamperer. Okay. What a whacker does is when a dog comes up to it and kind of checks them out, the whacker goes, Wah! and whacks them outside the head. And that's the best type of cat to have whenever you have dogs. Now the scamperer, when the dog comes up to the scamperer, what's the scamperer do? What do you think the scamperer does? The scamperer's going to scamper away. So that's not the best type of dog to, or cat to have because then the dog's going to be like, well, who I'm going to chase you and is going to chase the scamperer and that's whenever you have to intervene more. So the best way to start introducing your dog to your cats is with one of them crated. And yes, you can crate cats. Um, have a barrier there of some sort, maybe a doggy door, maybe a crate and have it so the dog can't get to the cat. You can feed them beside each other. My cats kind of talk the dogs all the time. And if you've been out to the ranch, you know that. Um, our black kitty ninja, um, he loves to torment the dogs. And then we have the litter box out there in the dog room. So, you know, the cats walk by, they go do, 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 to go to the potty and making all the dogs, oh my gosh. So that's one of the things we get to work on whenever we have dogs in for boot camp, service dogs or normal dogs is getting along and ignoring the kitties. Um, another question that we had, I'm checking them off as I go through them, you see, is can you get a service dog if you have another dog in your house? Uh, now for this one, guys, my answer is it depends. Can you have another dog uh, in the house when you bring home a service dog? If the dog doesn't have bad behaviors, sure. You know, say you have a dog who's just maybe like an old dog and he's just fine. Fine. You go for it. Um, if you have a dog who has any sort of aggression or separation anxiety or fearfulness or shyness, now that older dog is going to teach your new dog, service dog in training or not, um, they, they do learn from each other. 
So if you have an aggressive dog, first of all, you need to get that dog fixed. <laughs> if you have a shy, nervous, fearful dog, you need to get that dog fixed first before you bring in a dog to be your service dog because service dogs, it's a lot of investment. There's a lot of time, money, emotions, hope, you know, see what happens in the future. Um, so you want to set that dog up for success as much as possible. Um, I've also talked to people who um, they have the dog uh, that they have to wash out from being a service dog and they don't know what to do with them. Do they keep them? Do they find a new home for them? And you guys, you got to do what's best for the dogs, for both the dog in your household and for the dog coming into your household. And that might be finding a new home. And for this, I'm going to talk about Abby, who was our first dog. Um, I wanted a dog for the longest time. And when we were first married, I didn't get a dog right away because we lived in a place that didn't allow dogs. We had two cats and birds and you know, we weren't allowed to get a dog. So we didn't push, we didn't get a dog. And then we moved and I was pregnant and we were renting another place and it just, it wasn't the right time to get a dog, but it was about six months old when we bought our first house. So before we even closed on the house, you know me, I was at the shelter and I picked up a dog. I'm like, first time dog owner, we've had dogs our whole life. I have a six month old baby and we're buying our first house and I want a dog. And of course they gave me a dog and they gave me, um, her name was Abby. She's a Border Collie Australian Shepherd mix, which was very common. We were in Kentucky at the time. I guess it was a, a common cross up in Kentucky. So, so we brought her home. What they didn't tell me is we were her third or fourth home and she had severe separation anxiety. So anytime we would leave the house, Abby would destroy her crate to get out of the crate. Um, she would destroy the, the trim around the window, the frame around the window um, to get to us. Even if she was in the house and we were outside, mm-mm. So I had to take her with me everywhere. And that made it really, really difficult um, because she wasn't a service dog. Like her, I got her trained up beautifully. We would, I would heal her all through town. We live in a very small town, heal her all through town. She could heal off leash, um, but she wasn't service dog material. So if I was looking for a service dog to bring a service dog into that home would have been a huge mistake for everybody involved. Uh, so we, <coughs> And then if we had to rehome Abby, um, she actually ended up with a farmer guy who, because there was a bunch of tobacco farms up there. And it turns out, I don't know if you knew this, but um, in the same soil that grows the tobacco really good, um, blueberries grow really good too. And blueberries is a really nice cash crop. So a lot of the tobacco farms were turning into blueberry farms. So it was a retired farmer. I don't know what he was growing on. I guess is tobacco um, that he, she ended up with. So she would go with him everywhere because he was a retired farmer and it worked for them. Uh, you know, like he didn't go to the grocery store. He didn't have to leave the dog alone. And because he had the farm, you know, she was out there with him all the time. So that for her was the best thing I could have done. Or I could have been selfish and said, no, she's my dog. I'm going to keep her. Um, so if you're going to bring in your dog and you have cats, or if you have another dog, you have to look and say, what is the best thing for everyone in the household? And it might be that somebody gets rehomed because service dogs get top billing, right? They can help save your life. They're going to get top billing. So those are the questions so far. Um, I had another one. I talked to a woman over the weekend and she told me something that I found very strange. Okay. She told me, well, I don't believe in this type of collar. And I just, it throws me for a loop. Now she's not the first one to tell me this. She's not going to be the last one to tell me this, but like it exists. And it was a, a, a shock collar, right? I don't believe in a shock collar. <laughs> 
like it exists it's not like saying like i don't believe in the easter rabbit or i don't believe in zombies like the colors exist like i have one right here i could show you uh so you know if you don't want to use it that's up to you i mean i told her same thing i tell everybody is it's not a requirement for service dogs when they come in that we we have to use an e-collar on them but you got to figure guys if your dog's deaf and we've worked with a few deaf dogs if your dog's deaf the e-collar is really nice because it allows your dog some freedom what are some other things you could do with a deaf dog you could flick the lights well what if it's daylight outside can't really flick the lights well you could stomp your feet so they hear the they feel the vibrations well and again if you're outside you can't really do that um you can never allow the dog any off-leash freedom well that's not really fun at all um so for deaf dogs it's great for people who uh like i said we said we train up service dogs and every service dog has to be off-leash reliable say you're out with your service dog and you have a medical issue that occurs and you go out of commission right you drop the leash you you pass out and lose consciousness just something happens your dog can't like take off running down the road for who knows what like they have to be reliable off leash uh say you need to do something and so you give somebody else your dog you're in an airplane here's a good one you're in an airplane and you need to use the bathroom and it is too small of the bathroom stall for you to bring your dog and what do you do what I've done before is put my dog, I brought my dog in one time. I don't know how, it was like a big bathroom stall. So my dog came in with me um, on an airplane. Another time I had to go uh, and it was just me traveling. I didn't have any friends or family that I was traveling with. So I put my dog on, hi, Carolyn. Um, I put my dog in a downstay and I asked the, um, the stewardess, because it was a girl, that one, um, if she could hold my dog's leash. And she said, sure, no problem. So I put him on a downstay, handed her the leash and went in and used the bathroom real quick. Now, for that stuff, like your dog needs to have a solid downstay. If, if I would go out of sight and he would have taken off, that's not good. And even though he was technically on a leash, he was technically kind of off a leash too, because like if he, if he would have decided to run down the plane, like I, she's not going to be like, oh, come back here. You know, but the fact that he was just in a downstay and it was just, you know, like a looks thing. So don't say you don't believe in something if it actually exists in real life. But this is one of my pet peeves just like my dog's a pure-blooded dog he has pure blood like he's not a muggle stop it um it's annoying it's one of my i have a few pet peeves guys and the whole stay 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 wait 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 that's one of them and uh and like i said the uh the i don't believe in something whenever it clearly exists i don't believe in the abdominable snowmans oh you know like that's up to you hello michelle uh, what else did we get in? Um, fearful dog is a service dog. Talk to somebody whose dog is fearful. And she want to know if her dog could be a service dog. Most likely not. It depends, though, on how fearful. They do go through fear stages. So I hate to say, no, your dog who... And everyone has different terms for these things, too. So for some people, it could be that the dog's just a little bit shy and unsure, or for other people, it could be the dog sees somebody and he whizzes all over the place. Uh, so what I have pictured in my mind might be different from what's actually going on, um, just because of what I hear what's going on. Uh, but you want a dog who is confident, secure, you know, who's good, like Roma. She's not a little shy. She's not a little timid. She's not a little fearful. She's just... She's a little quiet, I guess. 
uh, you know, she she's not Gypsy who's going to say like, hey, everybody, you want to give me high? She's going to be like, mm, I'm good. Thank you. And for that, you know, it, it's everybody's individual. It's every dog's individuality, you know. But um, what she was telling me was the dog was having an issue going into a building anymore because uh, there was a commotion that had happened. And the dog wasn't getting over it. And that was key, is how quickly does your dog recover from things? Um, if your dog recovers well from it, then awesome. If, um, you know, if your dog startles and sudden, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, we've got this. Like, that's, that's one thing. If your dog's like, mm, nope, doors are the devil and I'm never going near those doors again, it's something else. So Terry says, I have a naughty six-month-old and he's testing me, right? <laughs> um and I know you're naughty six month old because I have a naughty six month old who's related to him. Um, but yeah, so we had um, Roma at Epcot on Sunday night, on well, Sunday afternoon. And uh, we were there for a couple hours and met up with some friends and it was really nice. I, she was on a slip lean only. She didn't need anything else. Uh, I had a couple treats in my pocket and she just she hung back a little bit so usually with the dogs you're like come back here come back here i'm like come on come on walk a little bit faster and it was hot we got there from like one until three so it was hot she had her booties on you know so i'm like I'm sure she was a little bit dragging because of that you know hi amber hi kimmy okay so we got one other question right here that had come up that i know about how do you stop a 40-pound, five-month-old puppy from pouncing on the small dog when he's playing? He's not doing it to be hurtful to them, but that really won't matter even if it's not intentional when he hurts one of them. Okay, so this is one. I actually had a couple people who were like, yes, please, answer that one. Um, so what do you do whenever you have a puppy and he is overly rambunctious and he might hurt maybe one of the dogs in the house, maybe one of the cats in the house, maybe yourself? is you need to, even though he's only a five-month-old puppy, you need to have rules over playtime. And that might be he doesn't get to play with the other dogs. Um, we've had this one whenever they've had little, you know, toy dogs and they bring a bigger dog home or older dogs who are sick. Um, so Zoe's our dog, our oldest. She's probably around 12 or 13 right now, and she's really wobbly when she walks. She used to be great with the puppies. I used to take her whenever we would do puppy group classes and she would help monitor the puppies. She was great with every dog. Now she's getting a little more snarky because she's in pain. And I have tried everything. Um, you know, she's getting the laser wrap treatments right now. Um, she's getting turmeric, um, the adequin, the injection, um, Remedal, a uh, couple supplements that we have, you know, food supplement. <laughs> Arrow. So she's getting a bunch of, um, of supplements for it, but she's still hurting. So what we do for that is we watch who she's around. So I'm not going to put her around a goofy puppy unless the goofy puppy needs to be told no. Then she is a perfect one to be with um, because she doesn't put up with, with um, the juvenile antics anymore. Okay, so what you're going to do with your dog is don't let them play together. So I don't like it when playtime happens a whole bunch in my house because it can get crazy. And I don't want my dogs or any dogs parkouring over my couch. I want them to, uh, to be good. I want them to, you know, to just settle down and to be calm and not bark. 
whatever they're in the house. Now outside they can play. So outside we have plenty of space so Zoe doesn't have to go by the playing puppies. Um, sometimes I'll make sure Zoe comes in the house. So we have Loki and Callie Joe in right now and they both do great playing with um, Gypsy and Roma. So I'll put them outside to play. Well, Zoe, I bring in the house for it. You know, so, so you need to be smart with doing stuff like that. So if you do have one, do something special with the old dog. And that might be while you're watching TV at night, you're giving her a massage on your lap. Um, or you spend almost $1,000 on a laser vest for her so she can recuperate easier. Um, for the puppy, though, you need to also expend that energy. And it's more apparent because the puppy will drive you crazy if you don't expend that energy. So for that, what we do with the puppies is uh, is training, 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 training. When they're mentally and physically tired, then you can put them together. I also, until the dogs are around six months old and potty trained, I don't want them having free run in my house. So I will um, make sure that the dogs created quite a bit or unleash quite a bit. So if they're crated or unleashed, that means that the older dog gets free run. And, you know, when the older dog's outside to go potty, maybe the, the little one, the younger one gets to be out. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Um, so it's something that, you know, you need to, to figure out how you're going to manage having the older dogs and the younger dogs or the bigger dogs and the smaller dogs. Um, it can definitely be done. Uh, and socialization. You do want to socialize the uh the puppy service puppy or not service puppy you want to socialize them but how do you socialize them correctly and that's not going to the dog park guys um that is really being careful on who your puppy gets to play with so gypsy and roma are great to play with the other dogs arrow really doesn't care to play with the other dogs and neither does rue so they might be out while the puppies are out but they don't play with the puppies they kind of do their own thing and zoe like i said being older now zoe doesn't doesn't play with the puppies she could be out there if we're working just on socialization because socialization does not equal playtime, right? Not always anyway. Socialization, you can, uh, it's just getting them used to everything. So what do you do when dogs don't want to play? Because I don't want any dog to see another dog and say like, oh my gosh, I must play with you because every time I see a dog, we get to play together and I see you. So we get to play, right? No, no, we don't play all the time. Every time it's annoying. Um, they have to learn manners. They have to learn self-control. So what we'll do is at the end of a play session or end of a training session, we'll let them play for a little bit um, or uh, take one of their training sessions and just turn it into a play session, depending on how they're doing. I'm not going to use it like, oh, you're obnoxious. Let's go outside and play and reward that obnoxious behavior. No, 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 no. They have to be good for it and then we can do it. Um, and then there's another thing you can do with puppies that works out really good. In fact, we did it last night, but I got some pictures. I didn't put them up online because they were not the greatest pictures, but I sent them out to owners. Uh, and what we did is instead of feeding the dogs in food bowls last night, we fed them in toys for most of the dogs that we had in. So we have a bunch of food dispensing toys. I think they're all Kong toys. We have a new one. It looks like a snail shell that you have to put the food into. We have a couple that look, they're the Kong wobblers is what they are. There's a big, I think we have like three big ones and a smaller one. So we put the food in there. Um, and then we have a big bowl with like a, a lip on the top of it. And you put the food in the lip. And um, I like those ones because you unscrew it, you put the food in, you re-screw it up again. Um, so everyone got to play for their food last night, which means everyone was tired. So I think that's what we're going to do tonight too, is let them, you know, bat around those Kong toys. My dogs did it in the house, the boot camp. Who did it? Um, Callie, Joe, and Loki had it. 
Uh, Meredith and Nala, we fed in their normal bowls. Ella fed in a normal bowl. And uh, Bella was fed with a food toy. And then my dogs were all fed with food toys. So it's nice. It's fun for them. You can measure it out and put it in there so you know that they got it. Let them play with it for like an hour or so. Like as long as it keeps their attention, let them play with it. And then you can always, you know, turn it. Uh, the only problem that I come across when using them is, uh, and it was actually resolved last night, the Kong ones, they look like the Kong toys, right? Like a snowman. So if you put it on the side and they nose it, there's a hole and all the, you know, the treats will come out whenever the hole rolls, which is what you want, right? So the problem though is mine will push it behind something or underneath something so then they can't get to it. Um, but whenever we, I think Callie Joe had that one and uh, we found it in the crate, it really wasn't an issue because she can't get it stuck underneath anything. So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, but I do love the food dispensing toys, especially to help mentally tire out a dog um, because she need, they all needed to be tired out last night. Um, Michelle says, hi, hello, Michelle. She says, I'm not a fan of going to the dog park. I work with skills with distractions and I work them outside the park. Exactly, yeah. So I don't recommend dog parks at all, um, especially not crowded dog parks. So I also have people who tell me like, well, my neighborhood has a little dog park. And like nobody goes, and like the people who go are like the three people who we all know. Like, that's great. Use those. When we were in Gainesville, some of the communities had dog parks, and they were the best, those type of dog parks. You know what wasn't the best in Gainesville? Were the big community free dog parks where dogs all conglomerated, and there were dog fights breaking out every couple minutes. Yeah. And there was one of them called Squirrel Ridge, and the path to get there was just strewn with so much poop that you had to dance to get up there because it was just, you're trying to avoid the poop piles. Um, then you get there and there's a bunch of dogs there and there's all these fights breaking out. And I'm like, why are we here? We are there because a couple of clients wanted to meet there. And I'm like, never again, this place is terrible. But you know what the good part is at the dog park is just what Michelle said is take your dog to the dog park. Don't go into the dog park. Don't take your dog anywhere near where the dogs are coming and going because you don't know how fully vaccinated they are, but work your dog away from there. So uh, work your dog in the people part of the dog park, right? Because the ones up in Gainesville all had people parks there. Um, work your dog there and use all the dogs there as a distraction. And that doesn't mean your dog's pulling on the collar, trying to get to it, whining, and you're like tossing treats at them saying, no, look over here, or, you know, jerk. And I'm saying, no, look over here. Instead, it's work your dog and ignore them is the distraction. So if you're working and you're doing great with everything, go there, but make sure you relax what you're asking for. Because if you ask for the same level with all those distractions, your dog's going to fail. You want to set your dog up for success. Um, Amber says at the dog park in Ocala, they're really strict about picking up poop and holes that dogs have dug. People can call the authority and they can and will remove you. That's awesome. Yeah, they aren't that way in Gainesville. So Gainesville had like half a dozen free dog parks and then it had the paid dog park. And I was actually at the paid dog park as a trainer um, before I opened up my own training center. And it was supposed to be the better because you had to pay for it. So you had to prove that your dog was vaccinated. You got like a membership for it. It was supposed to be like a three strikes and you're out rule for fights. And while there were less fights than the free dog parks had, there were still fights. And, you know, then as time went by, now don't forget guys, gosh, how long has it been? It's been a long time. Like when I first moved to Gainesville, it was... 12 or 13 years ago and dogwood park was the nice place to go and then it started to go downhill and then it's changed hands a few times so i don't know what it's like now because i have not been over there in six or seven years since i opened up my own place but um 
maybe eight years. But whenever I would go over there, um, you know, it was it was good, but then the person wasn't paying anybody. So like the ponds were getting gross and like dogs were getting sick from the ponds and there was poison ivy there. And so it's really good to, to you know, know what's going on first. And there were times because before my dogs were off leash reliable, I had a Siberian Husky and then I had uh, the German Shepherd and then we got the Border Collie and they needed to run an exercise. And I lived in a condo in Gainesville a condo that is pending for sale, but we lived in a, a condo and my dogs needed exercise and my dogs weren't off leash trained yet. So we would go to the dog parks and once my dogs got off leash trained, then I just went to open fields and I can tell you where some of the really good open fields are around there. But what we would do would be, we'd go and I'd see who's coming. And if it was somebody who the dog was aggressive or whatever, you know, like I didn't trust them, like they were crazy. We just leave. So if you see somebody coming up and the dog's pulling at the end of a leash or the end of like a six foot chain, not like a chain leash, but like a chain and, you know, it was like walking up, like, hold on, let me leash up my dog and I'm going to be right out of here. I'm not going to let my dog do that. But with the Siberian Husky, I had a friend who had a Siberian Husky, so we'd meet at like an unofficial dog park and, uh, you know, that was nice because the dogs did get to play and, you know, they were for the most part, good people. And then more people found out about it. And then you get the dogs. And so we drive by and I'm like, nope, can't go there. Sorry. Go to the next one. Nope. Can't go there. Cause that dog's there. Go to the next one. We're in luck. We can do this one, you know, and it got to be a little bit silly, but you know, whenever beggars can't be choosers. And when you're begging for a place to let your dog exercise. And that's one of the other reasons guys where I'm adamant that every dog should be off leash trained because then you're not reliant on going to a dog park and getting into a fight you can say, okay, look, I know where this big open field is and I can take my dog and he can run and play with me. I'm going to play, you know, we've got toys. We're going to do some fun stuff. So, you know, we can do that. And I can get my dog to come back. My dog's not going to get hit by a car. My dog's not going to be chasing off after anything. And it's all going to be good. Okay. So that's one of the reasons too, why I'm adamant. E-collar training is really, really, really good. Uh, Michelle says, I just put a new dog park I'm close to me, and now I don't see people out walking their dogs. Yep. Um, Amber says, Letty Towels doesn't play. <laughs> yeah, so, Michelle, you know what? That's actually one of the reasons when we work with rescue groups or people who have adopted dogs from rescue groups, sometimes they will not adopt out unless you have a fenced-in yard. Guess what happens when you have a fenced-in yard? You get really lazy about taking your dog for walks because it's just way easier to let them out into a fenced in yard and let them, you know, do their business out there. You don't have to take them out on a walk, what, three to six times a day to let them do their business outside. I mean, I could even if you take them on a leash and take them outside, you know, you could do that, but fenced yards are way overrated. Like I said, we lived in 10 years in the condo in Gainesville and while the whole community was fenced, our area was not. So, you know, like we did a lot of leash walking stuff and we did boot camps out of the condo there every dog was leash walked all the time. Now we leash walk them on the property and they also get some off leash playtime. So for us, it works really nice having the fenced yard. But I know a lot of people who, when they come to me and I'm like, so how's leash walking? And they're like, I have no idea. She's never on a leash. And sometimes it's because, you know, like I own 20 acres and she just runs in place. And for others, it's like, I have a fenced yard. I don't need to. And I'm like, no, you still need to because you still need to walk your dog to the vet you know, from the parking lot in, and you still want to do things with your dog. Um, and Amber says, what about the leash law, letting them run in the city, storm drains, etc." So where we did um, wasn't in the city. It was in like the next town over. 
Um, and it was, it's actually, it was Progress Park up in Alachua, which is an industrial park. So we would have that and you go back there and they were still building it. So there was a bunch of big lots available and there was like this big old baseball diamond, like nobody was ever there during the daytime. And because of what I did, I could go during the daytime. I didn't have to go at night, you know, after I was off of work. So, you know, but there was a bunch of areas. So we'd go there for tracking because it was a great location for tracking because nobody ever used it. And when we were done tracking, we'd let them just run and play. Uh, I'm not going to do it, you know, in a city storm drain. So here's the problem with that. So my husband used to do civil engineering and design work. And that's where the, um, as we're driving, we'll spot them, right? The, um, shoot, I'm not remembering the name for them. But um, you build and then you need a place for the storm water, right? So it's like maybe four or five feet deep and it's it's like a, a, a hole, right? Um, and these, some of these subdivisions, you'd be like, well, I'm just gonna let my dog play there. Well, your dog's gonna poop there. You're probably not gonna pick it up. And then whenever the rains come and all the storm water's gonna go and it's gonna screw up everything because you're leaving dog poops it out there. Um, you, you do have to worry about that. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying that the off-leash is great for everybody, but it's nice when you can find the locations that you can do it in. Uh, there were even uh, by, um, in Gainesville, there's a Possum Creek dog park, but there's also like a, it's by in this soccer field area, but like right beside it is this little hidey hole is what we called it. And so we take them over there and they'd run in the hidey hole and very rarely would we see somebody. So like, I'm not saying like, take your dog to downtown park. That's right with all the cars and everything. But you know, if, if you can drive for us to get to the place in progress park, it was about a half hour from the house. So we drive a half hour there, let the dogs run for a half hour and drive a half hour back. Trust me, it was a lot easier to drive five minutes down the road to one of the dog parks, but it was much nicer to let them free, not have to worry about dog fights. And like I said, having our own 5.3 acres is really nice. Um, it, it really comes in handy that we don't have to worry about anything. You know, like I've got my property. We've had one dog sneak in twice and then we haven't seen him since then. So Hopefully they got that fixed. Um, but yeah, we don't we don't have that happen. Um, Nicole says one of the local dog parks here is free and doesn't even check for rabies. No, thank you. Exactly, Nicole. And that is why I'm very cautious about it. They don't check for rabies. They don't check for any of them. You know, you get a dog in there with distemper and he can screw up every dog. Um, Michelle says, you know, I don't like that they, you know... Yeah, I know. I don't like that they need a good walking. There's a big open field just outside my backyard. Yeah, so when we were in the condo, once my dogs were off-leash good, um, where we were, there were like two houses down from us and there was a big corner. So, you know, I take my dogs out there and we play fetch. So it, it was the corner there. Um, I would do it in the afternoons when most people were out at work. Um, I would do it in the mornings after everyone had left for work. I do it on the weekends when people were home from work, right? But we always had extra poo bags on us. Um, I had a leash so I could like leash walk her down the two houses and, and let her play and then release her and walk her back. Uh, you know, I wasn't trying to be a jerk like, look what my dog can do. Cause just cause my dog can do it. Like the neighbor's dog couldn't do it. So I don't want to be like, yeah, I'm a trainer. You're not. Instead, uh, you know, you, you need to be cognizant that just because you can do it and other people can't do it, they're going to see you do it and be like, well, I'm going to do that too. Uh, for example, we had a pool over there, a community pool, which I miss. And uh, I would bring Arrow over with his e-collar and a place board. And so I would swim and I'd have him on place. And that was part of his training. Now he's not allowed in the pool 
or with it like six feet of the pool on the pool deck. Um, so I put him back in the shade. There was a, a little building there and just he'd had to downstay and keep an eye on me. And because I was working in the pool, I was in the pool. I felt better. My husband felt more secure that I was over there because I had Arrow with me if something would happen. Um, but Arrow couldn't be in the pool with me. And again, I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm going to let him come in the pool because what if something happened? You know, but that's another reason why I like e-collars. That worked out really well. Uh, any other questions? Because that is, those are the questions that I had got in. Those are the things I wanted to cover. I have a little list here. Oh, massage I want to do, but I want to do a whole uh, webinar one on massage, um, probably in a few weeks, maybe sometime in November. Um, I have not done that yet, but I do want to do that because I do think it's important, especially with the service dogs, to keep them in the tip-toppiest shape that they can be tip-topped, um, is to do the, the massage, is to do the, um, the holistic side of everything. So we do the laser wraps, we do the oils, um, you know, we do quite a bit of everything. Uh, so I wanted to share all that, but I'm going to put that all together into a webinar at some point, just like I think it was what, last week that we did the grooming webinar. So, so Kimmy says, grandma's still shutting down, shutting completely down with big trucks and dumpsters. It's becoming a thing that I bring him around at least once every day. So maybe he'll get used to it. What should I do during his freakouts though? He doesn't care for food, but I don't want to lose him. Kimmy, I've got something for you, girl. So, um, we're going to backtrack. A little bit here. Um, five years ago, I went to my first IACP conference, me, Rich, and Luke, and it was up in um, DC, Alexandria, Virginia, right? It was up there. And one of the um, the people who was there talked like like an uninformal, an informal, an informal, whatever, get together um, beforehand about her methods, which I had heard about for years, and I thought this woman was crazy. Not her name is Casey Cover. K-A-Y-C-E, and then her last name looks like Cover, C-O-V-E-R, Casey Cover. And she was talking about what she does. And I'm like, you sound wackadoo. But, you know, I went and listened to it. And I'm like, okay, this sounds pretty good. Um, I was interested. So I signed up and I went the next month. She was up in Maine um, doing a certification camp. So, you know, at this point, if you guys have heard me talk about how I got Error to get his nails done good, <laughs> get his nails done good. Yes, I speak good English. Um, if you've heard me talk about how I got Era to accept having his nails done, it was through her methods. It wasn't through, um, you know, giving him treats every time he did it. It wasn't through, you know, teaching him to scratch his nails on a piece of sandpaper, which doesn't work. It was through her methods. So I went up and I did that. And, Kay, and Kimmy, that's what you need. You need this stuff. So her, the, the, it was what, five years ago? No maybe five years ago that, that I got certified in her methods. Well, there's a guy um, in here. Let me type in Casey Cover, and it is Cinelia.com. So Casey is very cerebral and it can be a little hard to understand her whenever she's talking about it or how to apply it to your dog. Um, so there's a other guy who I had met at that first conference too. His name's Mark McCabe. McCabe. No, I spelled that wrong. Hold on. McCabe. There we go. Um, Mark McCabe. And so he worked with her for, I think he said like 15 years and he, he did the hands-on part of her workshops. He was up there in Maine with us. Um, you know, for that time he got to play with Arrow. He loves Arrow. Everyone loves Arrow. Um, so he is doing workshops and we're actually, Kimmy going to have him, I think, come out next year at some point to the ranch and do a workshop on his stuff, which is training between the ears. Um, he also has a online course 
And so I just signed up and I've been watching his online courses today. Um, but that's, that's what you're going to need, Kimmy. So let me refresh with his stuff because it sounds a lot more user-friendly. Um, because the, the, and one of the things Mark was saying today, whenever I was listening to him, which was really great, was people want to desensitize the dog to it. And they can get the dog to tolerate it, but they're not going to get the dog to love it. So what he said was, um, he's from New England, so he has a very big New England accent, right? So he's like, if I bring you coffee every day, if I bring you coffee every day, it's not going to make you love my accent. It's going to make you like be okay with my accent or, you know, like want to come to work because you want to get the coffee really bad, but it's not going to make you love my accent. And just like with error with the nails, like I've tried all these different things. And I could not get him to even tolerate it. Now he asks for it. If you guys watched that video from last week, that grooming video where he's jumping up on the grooming table between dogs because he wants his nails done again, that's, <coughs> that's what you want. So um, I need, oh, and Nicole just said I did my very first work, well, I did my first workshop with him this year. Yeah. <coughs> have you done the level two yet, Nicole? Because uh, I know he has those. So how many of the level ones have you done? Because I know people who will go there numerous, numerous, numerous times. So I'm going to host him here, I think, next year. I have two people I want to get in next year. He's one of them. Um, but that's what you need, Kimmy, is you need Mark. Um, and he does them all over. Um, he's really passionate about it. And what he's saying, so he has a bunch of terminology that is, because he talked at conference. He, he was one of the presenters. And I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. But the way he could break it down, the fact that he had us getting up and doing things was really cool. Um, but, you know, we incorporate, so the name and explain stuff that we do, that came from Casey. So he does that too, right? Um, but whereas Casey works with a lot of the exotics on how to get them to, to do, like one of her, her stories is about how she had to move a crab from this tank to that tank for research. And, you know, Another one is how she, she did something, I think, with a gorilla. It, I, it's been a while. Um, but like I said, it, it, it can be hard to say, like, okay, well, how does this help my dog? Um, it's a lot of the massage, the conditioning, relaxation, and getting them to do the cycles. And you're like, it's a lot now. So I'm anxious to see what Mark has to do and put that into play. So can we remind me? But it's not just about the getting them out there and putting them with the food to, to fix it. Um, what I would do, yeah, I've been doing a ton of name and explains with him. That's just what I was going to say, Kimmy, is I would tell him something like this. So you said he has a problem with big trucks and dumpsters. So I'm going to pretend like there's a dumpster out there, right? And I'm going to say, look, it, there's a dumpster right there. You want to look at the dumpster? You know, and if he looks at the dumpster, click and treat him for looking at the dumpster. Click and treat. Like, okay, good. I can see the dumpster. Click and treat for just looking at the dumpster. Click and treat. And then we're going to take two steps towards the dumpster, okay? Let's go. One step, two steps, and, and back again. There we go. Look at that. We just walked towards the dumpster. In fact, isn't that the silliest thing? Okay. I see that dumpster. We're going to do it again. Good, 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 See, look, we walked towards it. Two more steps and back. You're just the biggest boy in the world. You know, and just kind of work him that way, telling him what you're doing so he doesn't think that, you know, like scary boo-boo men are going to jump out from the dumpster. And then for the name and explain, too, with the um, with the trucks, you know, you can tell them that, that, you know, it's a truck. It makes that weird noise. Yep. Those are the air brakes. You want to hear for the air brakes? Let's listen. You hear the air brakes? Uh, and, and try that out. And I have another client that we're working who the dog chases squirrels. 
lizards because we're in Florida and something else. So um, that's what I told her. I'm like, you're going to look for them and you're going to click and treat whenever he sees them. And she's like, I'm going to do a what now? <laughs> so that's exactly what you do though is, uh, you know, you, you have your clicker ready. And as soon as your dog looks at that thing, maybe that cat, right? Click and treat. Your dog's like, oh, okay. And then again, he sees the cat click. And then he looks at you a little quizzically and you give him a treat because hopefully your dog, your dog knows the click equals treat before you do this exercise. Then a third time he sees the cat, click, he looks right at you, treat, right? The fourth time he sees the cat, he looks at you to get his treat, that's when you click, right? As you looked at me. So then he sees the cat, he looks at you, click, treat. So now we're not clicking for looking at the cat or the squirrel or the bird or the dump truck anymore. They can look at the cat, but then they're going to look at you right away. Like, did you see? I saw that. And then what you can do is take it a step further and say, look, at there's a kitty. Did you see the kitty? The dog's going to be like, I saw the kitty. And he's going to look at you. And you're going to say, yes, you did see that kitty. So then it's going to be a matter of, look, I found the kitty. I get to have a treat. Are you going to find the kitty next? And you can have another treat. Um, but like I said, it might change. Um, we are blocking off time this weekend to watch the Mark video, me and Rich. Um, Michelle says, I think I'll look into myself. My chihuahua doesn't like his nails done. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's only, Nicole says she's only been to level one, no level twos yet. So Mark does the one and the twos. Um, he was saying, this is one of the things he was saying was, and he's the one, guys, if you haven't listened to the podcast with Mark McCabe at IACP from a few weeks ago, that's Mark. That's the one I'm talking about. So listen to the podcast. It's called how to train your service dog. And, um, I've had a couple of guest speakers and he is the most recent one. So he, um, he was saying he some people okay behaviors it's all different right so some people are like to rehab behavior what you do is you teach obedience and when your dog knows sit down come stay heal which are like the fab five sit down come stay heal and some people have replaced stay with place sit down come place heal you got those no behavior issues anymore because if your dog wants to pull ahead well he can't because he's healing he wants to go bark at somebody he can't because you can put him in a sit and other people are like, no, dude, that's not the way you do it. What you need to do is you need to get in line with the dog's chakras and get those all aligned. Like, okay, you see I'm being a little silly here, right? But um, do you address the mental side of things or do you address the behavior side of things? Well, you need to do both with every dog that you have come in, right? You can't say, well, this dog, this is what we worked on. Now, what Mark was saying is once he gets the dogs good with his stuff, the mental way, adding that behavior stuff on or the training stuff on is really, really easy. So that's what he does is he'll get the dogs good. And then he does the training part of it. And it's super easy because the dogs are already in a receptive state of mind and they're good. And so how many times do we struggle with dogs who have behavior issues over and over and over again? You know, you're like, sit. And you're like, why aren't you sitting for it? Well, if you give him the right state of mind, he's going to want to sit more. So that's what Mark teaches in level two and other stuff too. But from what I understand, and he could be like, no, Vicky, you've got this all wrong, but I hope not. So Kimmy says the only other issue he has is roaming. Like if we're around a friend's house and I don't have his kennel, he loves to roam and I've been tethering too. Yeah. So for that too. So my mom was down visiting my mom and dad a couple weeks ago um, with their dog and their dog had free roam in the house. I didn't mind, you know, like mom would lay down and take a nap and her dog would join her up in the bed. And Era was like, excuse me. But again, I didn't mind. And we actually had one that I went to bed early. And Gypsy, Roma, Arrow, and Molly, my mom's dog, were all up in bed with me. <laughs> um, you know, if he's not, if he's going to get into things, it's a different story. Um, but yeah, you just tether him. Um, you can use place too, send him to place so he stays on place instead of wandering all around. 
Um, Amber says, gotta go walk the puppy or she'll wake up in the middle of the night and want to play. Right? Puppies are so much fun that way. And Kimmy says, the funniest thing is that he doesn't really care for construction or those trucks. <laughs> Aw. Um, but yeah, so there's a whole bunch. And um, I'm excited. I like to, to learn from different trainers. When we had the training center up in Gainesville, we had a number of trainers come out. We actually had one year where we had a workshop every month. We had something different. Some of them we taught. Some of them we had people in to teach. Um, but it's neat because you get to share, you get to instruct. Maybe somebody can't sign up for a group class because of their weird schedule, but they can come in for a workshop. But learning's never done. And this is what I tell people with service dogs all the time, too, because people say, like, well, when is my dog going to be fully trained up as a service dog? And I'm like, fully trained up? Probably never. You know, there's stuff I work on with Arrow, and he's six and a half. Uh, you know, and there's stuff I work on with Roman. She's six months. But they're always learning. I can always, you know play around with something new for them it doesn't have to be um you know the sit and the down uh you know we can work on we actually got a couple climbs which is like a big plastic place board and you can do things so i have two legs on it so it's in an angle so i'm working on just getting them to do paws up on this climb which is a little weird because of how it is so i was having arrow do that is there a use for it Probably not, like he's good with it, but I want the paws up and I want him to go put it up. So I had Loki up today and I'm like, Loki, paws up, paws up. Now Loki is gonna be a service dog, right? So he was working on paws up on the climb and then he started offering it on his own. So paws up, I'd click and treat him. And then he'd go up and he'd put his paws up on it again. I'm like, how cute is that? So when he was good with paws up on that, then I'm like, okay, paws up on the metal folding chair. Well, he was hesitant about that because it's a different surface, it's a different thing. So he just got comfortable putting his paws up there. I did once paws up on my lap. He did that. Now, why am I doing this stuff with Loki? He's going to need it. So his owner, um, she does have a wheelchair that she uses part-time. So he needs to be able to put paws up on the counter to deliver something, paws up on her lap to deliver something to her. <coughs> so that is something he needs. Um, I also work it with Gypsy and Roma because while I we have a wheelchair for clients and stuff. I've had to be wheel, wheeled out of Disney twice because um, I just stayed too long. Um, so, you know, like they need it. So even if you're like, but I don't think I'm going to need it. If you think you might at some point in the next 10 years, um, it, it's good to train for stuff like that. Um, she says, he, Kevin says, I'm he's definitely getting into things. I'm thinking of trying a basket muzzle. So the two basket muzzles I like the best are... Baskerville, as in Hound of the Baskervilles from Sherlock Holmes, and um, Jaffco. Um, Baskerville, you can usually get a pet cow. Um, if people come in and they can't take their dogs into pet cow, I'm like, measure your dog's snoot and take it in and see, see which one, buy a few of them, return what doesn't work. And if you do Jaffco, you have to order it online. And they do have quite a few different sizes. So most people just go with the... Um, with the Baskerville says it's a little bit easier. Um, but you know, it's totally up to, to you guys, but those are the two brands that I do like, and I do recommend. And since he's not aggressive, he's not a bite risk, you know, Jaffco is a little more form fitting Baskerville's a little bit bigger towards the mouth. Um, we have a couple, I used to have a Baskerville. I have no idea what happened to it. I think it walked off somewhere or I sent it home with somebody. One or the other happened, um, which is usually what happens with, stuff um okay rich is 
frying up some steaks for dinner. So we're going to do steak and salad. And I made up some new ranch, some dump ranch. If you guys want the recipe, just search up dump ranch. It's a keto thing. Um, so I'm very excited for dinner tonight. And uh, yeah, but we, we talked about a lot. Let's see. Um, any questions, guys? I have probably 10 minutes before he's done. So that'll bring us to about an hour. Um, so ask me questions. How do you get a dog comfortable with paws up on a wall, for example, a light switch? Catherine, that is a great question. So what you want to do is you want to start with the paws up on something smaller. So paws up is the first thing for place, right? So we teach a dog place, which is put your paws on something that I tell you to. Um, and then, like I said, the climbs are in an angle, in a 45 degree angle. So we're working on paws up on those. Um, the training center, we had a whole bunch of metal chairs that we use, metal folding chairs. So if you have a metal folding chair, if you have a patio chair, if you have a dining room table chair, that's a good place to start. If you have a camp chair, as long as it's solid for your dog, um, what you're going to do is lure him up. And luring him means show him that you have food and kind of hold it up there. So he has to get to it. And the only way to get to it is put his paws up on it. Whenever his paws are up on it, click and treat. Now, if your dog's like, I am not putting my paws up there, what we've had to do with some dogs is come in when they're sitting in front of it, lift up their feet and put them on there so they understand that that's what I want. If they can see another dog do it, that works out really good as well because it gives them that extra confidence that, oh, well, he did it, so it must not be the bad thing to do, like it didn't eat him. Um, so what you do is you do that. Uh, as you're doing it then underneath, as you're doing the light switch then, so that's paws up and you're going to build up for that for light switch. They have a bunch of different ones. Um, Rich has me a couple made, which is basically the light switch in the case on a two by four. So I can hold them on the ground and they, we can work them and I can start working them up the wall. But whenever it's time for him to go up the wall, put a chair right underneath it or a sturdy stand that he can get up on so he can hit them because it can be a little bit uncomfortable. And whenever he's good with it, you know, if you always correct your dog for, for example, for jumping up on you, your dog might not want to jump up at all. He might not realize that it's jumping up on you that's bad, not jumping up in general that's bad. Uh, so for Roma right now, for example, she's my six-month-old standard poodle puppy. Um, she has been doing like a sit pretty and then she stands up. So her front legs are off the ground and it's like circus dog pose, right? Like she's a poodle, what do you expect her to do? So she's been doing that. So I'm trying to encourage and reward that because that's going to be an easy one for her to go and, you know, pop a button on things. So, you know, you want to watch those too. But yeah, we've had a lot of dogs who are not comfortable putting their feet up, especially with the metal folding chairs. Now, I would not do it with like a twirly office chair because you don't want it to twirl on them. I'm not going to do it with a kid's camp chair if you have a big dog because I don't want it to fold in on him or knock over. You know, you have to make sure it's something sturdy. Um, first and getting him up on that and teaching him paws up. So my dogs know paws up. So like they can't jump into the back of the Jeep because they're too young right now, too small. They're too silly right now. I don't know why they're not jumping up into the back of the Jeep, but I, I can have them paws up and they'll put their paws up on the, um, like the feet area. Okay. And then I can lift up their back legs and help them in. So then I'm not lifting up the whole dog and bringing her in. I'm just lifting up the back end and helping. So I do use paws up for quite a few different things. Uh, Michelle says, I'm looking to teach Oliver to pull my wheelchair. He feels pressure and stops. Any tips to help? Michelle, what type of harness does he have on when you're doing this? Uh, so for this, you want to make sure he has a, I think the wide pull harnesses are the best for it. Um, not a no pull harness. This is a pull harness. 
So um, you want to make sure that you get the harness specifically for that. And then you need to teach him to pull into the harness. Um, and it's different. You know, you don't want to, he can't pull into a collar. I was going to make him do this. Um, he can't pull into a no pull harness because it kind of defeats the purpose. So it has to be a, a pull harness, like I said, preferably the Y front so he can uh, into it more. Um, and then what I would do is let him wear that a little bit more. If there is a time that he likes to pull, um, do that. Or you're going to do what the police dogs do and you're going to build driving your dog. How do you do that? So we did this with nose work stuff. Um, you put the dog on the harness and you hold him back while you look what I got, look what I got, look what I got, look what I got. Bing! And the dog's like, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. And they're building up, they're building up, they're building up and you let him go and and he goes and he does whatever you want him to do, right? Like he goes and he'll like grab that toy and he'll play with you. If you're doing bite work with the dog, which you don't do with the service dog, but if you're doing bite work, it's like, you know, there's a bad guy, there's a bad guy, there's a bad guy. And the dog's loading up and loading up and loading up and then boom, and they can come and get it. Um, so that's the nice thing with the pool harness that you can do. Um, what we've also done with Arrow, because my neighbor, if you guys have seen the, the video that we have out, if service dogs were wheelchairs, that's a funny video. And we've heard all of those things in real life. Um, but we have a wheelchair that the neighbors had at the time. We didn't have a wheelchair. That was when we were in the condo. And so we borrowed it to make that video. But while we were playing around, we had a couple service dogs in. So we got them out and we were working them with the wheelchair. And Arrow I had out and just working on rolling and then holding on. For him, it was just, you know, his butt collar because I didn't have his harness on him. And, and he would do it. But it's something that, you know, if this is something that I needed to train, um, I would do the harness and just hold on to them and have them heal and, and pull. Step in harness for now. I'm looking to make him a Y front one. Yeah, I would definitely do a Y front one um, because of that. Um, you don't want it to be his normal. So with when you have a dog who does different dog sports, so say you have a dog who does obedience and rally and confirmation, which is Westminster, right? He, you put different equipment on him for each of the different things so he knows what he's supposed to be doing. So for service dogs, you know, there's a reason I always vest up my dogs. It's not because they need to be vested. It's so the dog knows that he's working. Um, now he's also working at home and I don't have him vested. So, um, but for that, if his step in harness is his normal harness or depending on if it cuts across his, his front and it hits his shoulders, um, it's not going to be as comfortable for him um, as a pooling harness. <clears throat> and Nicola said it took me almost three weeks to get Doc, who's her Malinois, walking out into the guide harness so she's teaching um her her mouth how to do the guide work and it is it's a little different so they they need to be out in front with that uh, but it's different than how you're taught for the different things so it can be confusing to the dog which is where having that different equipment helps so as nicole says you know his guide harness um she doesn't have his normal working gear she has his guide harness for that um and, and I think Michelle, once you get, cause I'm sure right now, you know, he's like, I don't pull in the heart and the stuff in harness. That's the bad thing to do. Why do you want me to be bad? And, and then you feel kind of bad for him. Thanks. She, Michelle says, I'll try them out. And yeah, I know he needs a better harness. Uh, there are some people who make um, different harnesses and stuff. I would make sure that they're good for pooling first. Um, I have one, it has a, um, leather chest plate it's a y harness with a leather chest plate with like a wool padding on the inside with a handle up on top i got from bridgeport equipment hmm, 12 years ago <laughs> it was a long time ago um you know as a harness that was for my Siberian husky boo that was one of her first service dog gear things because i couldn't find a vest that i like so we did a harness with a little name badge 
Um, so some of her pictures, you'll see that some of the pictures, I have a bandana, some of the pictures I have a, a vest on her. But you know, having the different equipment helps. It's like you have different shoes for different occasions, you know? Anyway, any other questions, guys? So next week, we are back. Um, oh, next week I should have just finished up all the Mark McCabe videos, um, which will be good. I love incorporating things into it. And one of the things that we're doing are those laser vests. Um, we actually picked up a whole bunch. I have like two available for sale, um, but we picked up a whole bunch and we're using that with the service dogs when they get back from the outings. Um, it's a lot, it's, it's hard on them. So if the laser vest can help, yay, that's even better. Um, so I'm super excited. Um, Jeanette says, I'm here this week. Sorry, I missed last week. Not a problem, Jeanette. What you guys can do if you miss a week is sometimes we upload them onto the podcast and up onto YouTube. Last week's we didn't. Last week was our grooming video. So you can go back on um, our Dream Dog Central Florida Dog Training Facebook page and look under live videos and you can find it there and watch it. Um, but what we did last week is we just did a grooming video from a non-groomer, which is me. I'm not a groomer. I'm a dog trainer. Um, we did the grooming video. So it was how we do Gypsy, her nails, how we brush her out, Roma, and that's the complete groom, except for I didn't do too much with the ears. You have to pick out the ear hairs too. And then Arrow with his nails. So we did all three dogs last week. We got it done and I want to say under 45 minutes. And um, we got all three done, including, like I said, a full complete groom on my poodle. So yay. Um, Carolyn says, thank you. Enjoy your dinner. Carolyn, have you found a new poodle puppy yet? I wanted to ask you. Um, Jeanette says, what is a laser vest? So um, I'm going to show you this one. This is not the full vest. This is a conical wrap. So my calves were killing me. So I use this. And what you do is you turn it on. You see how it's glowing red? That red laser. So say I'm having a problem with my arm, right? I could wrap it around my arm. And it's going to glow red. And um, the laser is going to help break down and move fluids. It's going to help with some pain relief because of that. Um, he has a whole bunch of stuff that they do and I don't have it all memorized, but the, uh, the owner of it is a really fantastic guy. I met him last September at conference and then he was there again this September and our booths were right beside each other. So last year I actually wanted one of the laser vests in a raffle like auction. Like, so you get the ticket, you can go up there and pick. So his was the most expensive thing there. And so I'm like, if we get picked, and I knew I was going to get picked last year because we had never got picked before. So we won. So I like, I ran up there and I grabbed the laser vest. Uh, and so we've been using it for over a year and I love it. I love the results that I get from it. If the dogs are hurt or injured, it helps with the blood flow to help um, do that. It helps calm them down. Actually, when I put it on my border collie, he kind of leans up against the side wall. I don't know why. I think it's because he's a little bit retarded, but um, it does. It helps with soreness, aches, pains, um, helps the dogs to recuperate faster. It works good for people. It works for the dogs. It works for horses. You know, a lot of the horse people are using them as well. So what I did is I bought a, a big package of everything and then huh, they had a silent auction and I put in and I won the silent auction this year. Not the raffle, but the silent auction. So I ended up buying five vests and like four different other things this year. Um, so yeah, so we have a lot of stuff that we've been playing with and my calves were sore this morning. So I had this on and wrapped it around my calf. So if my, you know, and, and you can get special ones for like your wrist or your shoulder or, or your ankle. I haven't yet. Um, so I can play with this. So I have a big mat. I have a couple stripes. I thought I had it here and I'm not seeing it. 
it's powered by this. And so the laser wrap, um, there's two filaments that go into there. Um, you can wash them in the wash. Um, don't dry them. Um, but they're, they're maneuverable, uh, which is really nice. So for the last year, if my legs were sore, my shoulder was sore, whatever, I just wrapped the dog vest around me. But, uh, but it's nice because it's set up to help, like I said, to help move those fluids and to help the dogs out. Um, Spectra, spectratherapy.com. Um, S-P-E-C-T-R-A therapy.com um, is the company. Um, we saw them as well. And they're amazing. I love them. And they, like I said, they really do help out. And like I said, we're, we're using them now on all the service dogs when they come back from the outings because they need that to keep in their best tip-top shape. Um, Carolyn said, not, not yet. No new poo yet. Ava did cross over last Friday. I am sorry to hear that, Carolyn. Um, yeah, she, Carolyn had, um, had a boxer who, who just crossed over. I'm sorry. Um, and it was her service dog. And so now she's in a pickle where she doesn't have a service dog. You guys know how scary that can be. Um, she does have Romeo the Poodle. Still a little fearful. You know what? The, um, the Mark McCabe stuff might work for Romeo as well, Carolyn. When we have um, Mark come down, you can bring him down and we can try him out and see. Um, Jeanette says, I groom Pirelli when I'm not in town. She's also a golden. So have her, so have to do her pass also. That's a cool vest. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I like them. And like I said, it does help because I have aches and pains all over. <laughs> and it does help. Um, and the dogs love them. So um, Zoe, I usually do three to four times a week or more. Um, Air, I'll do once or twice a week, depending on how he's doing. Um, Gypsy, I've done a couple times. Brew, I do just because I like to see him lean up against the wall. Uh, Roma, I have not done yet, but I should because she could probably use it. Carolyn will do. Perfect. So I don't hear the skillet sizzling anymore, which means my steaks are done. And I better go in there before they eat them all because this one is from our steer. And oh my gosh, it is the best beef ever. Um, oh, her pads also. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I did um, so, um, Gypsy. I did, you know, the fur between her toes. Um, so yeah. But yeah, and then Gypsy, I had actually shaved her hind end, which is one of the reasons I think Rowitch got me a poodle is so I stopped shaving Gypsy. But um, Gypsy's my golden and I had to shave because she had a bunch of hot spots that kept coming up. And so, you know, you want to shave them so they can air out and dry up. Um, but it turns out it was because she got something when she was in a dock diving pool. And since she hasn't been swimming for, what, May is whenever we did it. And she started breaking out with them. Saturday we went swimming, Monday is whenever I noticed the first hot spot through mid-August. And I'm like, you know what? You're not supposed to bathe them when they have the hot spots. Because she has to have hot spot after hot spot after hot spot. So we gave her a big bath. And the shower it was like a 20-minute shower with me. And she was like, oh, this is so nice. And not one hot spot since then. So I know something in that water. And um, poor girl. But yeah, so she's she's doing much better now growing pains, right, Michelle? <laughs> yeah, he's yelling to come get them. So I'm going to go. I don't want cold steak on my salad. I will catch you guys. If you guys have any questions or what you guys would like me to cover next week, please let me know. You can message me. Um, you can um, 
email me, you can text me. Just let me know what you want to hear. I talk about everything. Um, until then, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. And uh, hopefully I'll see you Saturday up in the villages for group class at 10 o'clock because it will be this week. <laughs>